Welcome to the ETC Coaches Corner podcast, an inside look into the Midlands' best private training facility, where we'll be discussing all things nutrition to training and everything in between, which is what we do for our members so they can get an inside look and an insight into what we're doing behind the doors, behind the scenes at Empowerment Training Center. Of course, you might not be a member. Well, I know you might not be a member, actually, because our last podcast got two and a half thousand plays which is 2,499 more than what I thought. No, I'm joking. It's actually a really good one about uh, menopause and pregnancy, which is really, really good. So really happy. Thanks so much for sharing, guys. That was, honestly, I, I couldn't believe it. So thanks so much for sharing. Um, it's ultimately because of you guys for sharing it and saying nice things and rating it and all that thing, all that kind of stuff, which is why it then goes to more people's faces and then subsequently ears. Anyway, today I'm joined by the incredible Dan Osmond following the seminar that he performed at ETC over the weekend. Now, I really wanted to catch Dan straight after because my brain was like full and it was, my heart was full and we wanted to get him in person. Unfortunately, he's like a full-time dad and also had a long way to travel and we appreciated his time. He wasn't able to record the podcast with me to my face straight away. So we've done it via Zoom, which isn't as good. You know, I'm much like seeing and feeling the person's aura not to get all like woo-woo and that but you know it's much better for me anyway so there might be a little bit of a sound difference between this introduction towards you know transferring onto the zoom thing um, and I'm, I'm just gonna crack on with it straight away because i'm just rambling but anyway this um, incredible podcast is about body image and it's with the fantastic dan osman and then i'm gonna play you like a little beep so you know uh, when it starts beep so in today's episode, we are very kindly joined by Mr. Dan Osman. Dan is, uh, I want to say, a body image expert, which is a title that I've just given him that he probably doesn't agree with. Uh, this is following from the seminar that we hosted at ETC just a couple of days ago, where Dan came over and spoke with our members with regards to body image and all things related to body image. Now, we've had such incredible feedback. I have asked Dan to kind of jump on a, a quick podcast so we can share some of the knowledge and experiences that we had, not only just at ETC, but what he has learned and developed over his years of coaching. So we're just going to introduce Dan. And Dan, if you could just tell us a little bit about you, a little bit about your experience, just so we can begin to paint the picture of what we're going to talk about today. So Dan, over to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me over the last couple of days, by the way. Your your tribe there is wonderful. And it was so nice to have people so actively engaged in the conversation. Because I do think this is such a vast topic and you need an account of most people's experiences, which is kind of what we've touched on previously, why I think it's, it's so important how we communicate this and how we discuss it. There has to be a, a conversation that's exploratory, that's together that has to be based on people's shared experience as well. So I'll give the the long and short on me, which is, I must add, I'm my least favourite subject. So I started as a level two PT at 19, uh, wiping sweat off the machines, just generally doing health MOTs, things like that. Went into personal training, focused on strength and conditioning and working with professional athletes uh, at the time for the university. Went on and did an internship with Saracen's Rugby Club, did some various bits and pieces in and out of professional sport whilst I was building up my personal training business as well, because as most people know, personal training is the bread and butter. There's not um, necessarily a sustainable living to be had out of s and always. And soon realized I didn't know a great deal about 
nutrition. So I went on to do a postgrad in performance nutrition, and I've just been working in various aspects of health for the last 17 years. So I don't really know what to describe myself as these days. I describe myself as like a mongrel of health. I do a bit of everything, but I think my haste to almost become a specialist in many different things over the years is I've, I've come to understand optimals aside, it doesn't mean a great deal without a deeper understanding of the individual in front of you. And there is so much into individual individuality amongst people. So it's really getting an understanding of the people that we're working with, how to communicate with them, because I'm, I'm a firm believer that communication occurs on the terms of the listener. So it's, I don't want to say the, the mental aspects, but I think there is such a interconnected, tightly woven relationship between mental and physical health has become a real point of fascination for me. So um, just the curiosity about the deep understanding of people outside of all the things that I've, I've come to know about training and nutrition. Okay, excellent. And we're going to delve a little bit deeper into a topic that I think people, I don't want to say takes for granted, but we're going to explore a little bit deeper some of the themes around body image. Now, can you just give us a synopsis of what is body image? Long and short, again, there is, is, is the perceptions of ourselves based on the perceptions of others. So formalized thoughts around that. So that comes across in our own way in terms of something that's cognitive. So it's the way we think about ourselves uh, and the perceptions of that and the beliefs that we have around our bodies. It's affective. So it's the feelings that we have around that as well. As I said, it's perceptive, so self, a certain amount of self-objectification in there. How we view ourselves is through the eyes of others. It's often irrespective of the, the objective facts there. And that has a knock-on effect to behaviours and how they manifest the, the, themselves. So depending on the lengths in which someone is affected, this can be the mild discomfort of just not having a particularly good body image day, being a bit self-conscious about perhaps what you're wearing, wearing your trunks or your bikini at the swimming pool, to quite debilitating effects of almost body dysmorphia in which people have reported having to cover up certain aspects of their body not being able to leave the house it may affect your intimacy with your partner so i tend to think of these things as a, as a spectrum and depending on someone's experiences it has the capacity to totally as i said debilitating wise affect their lives or it has just the ability to affect their mood for the day but it has a knock-on effect to our mental health our self-esteem, feelings of self-worth, mood, uh, interrelationships, personal and professional relationships, and really does affect some people's ability to work. There's a certain gravity in which it can affect people. So those that have experienced mainly positive body image or indifference is how I would describe it as well a lot of the time. Mm. I think it's such a such an interesting topic. And I loved when you when we talked about body image that Obviously, we talk about body, we think about how we how we see ourselves through its kind of physical shell, I believe you said. And then we've also got these other elements of of body image. And I think you uh, said the inner the inner Tory. Can we just explore that a little bit? Because you did this really oh, great the inner Tory. You did this really great task at the start of your of mm. your of your seminar. And you spoke about like how can I find out who you are without you telling me who you are? And you had lots of different themes that actually helped that person identify, but it wasn't the use of this physicality. And I think mm. one of the major issues with, and I think the fitness industry is, has contributed towards this, is that we align who we are with what we look like. 
can we just explore that path a little bit and why it's important to not just attribute your self-worth to your physical body and mm. why you did that task to help people understand that they can they are just more than that yeah i think just from a point of encouragement especially when a lot of the body positivity messages tend to be around just love yourself and often people can internalize those feelings of failure because it is totally unrealistic for people to love themselves every moment of every single day. So I think if we're separating oneself from just that outer shell, because we do, as you said, tie our body image, it's a huge part of our identity, what we associate with. So I always find it a really fascinating task to get an understanding of how people describe themselves outside of how they look, what they do for a job, or perhaps some sort of status or title they've given themselves. And we see that quite a lot with you know, job titles that people give themselves or whether they're paleo, you know, I think if we need almost like a agnostic view on this, so it doesn't become such a self-fulfilling prophecy. So they think about all the other facets that make them up, whether they're kind, whether they're considerate, whether they consider themselves um, a good parent or assertive or ambitious, all these other things that contribute to us as a person that isn't solely based on our appearance. And I think it's often not until you ask those questions in a certain way that people actually think about those things because the things that we gravitate towards are what I do for a living so I'm a coach or I'm a parent or this is my job title at work or you know I'm a bodybuilder or I'm on the ketogenic vegan diet all of these other things that operate outside of our internal and when so so many of us rely on the external for validation and reassurance that we're doing the right thing, I think it's always, just from a moral compass point of view, helpful to turn this inwards. And this comes from a, a level of self-awareness. And you think that point of looking inwards should come at a time where we maybe don't feel the best about our bodies? Because you, you mentioned about how some days we'll feel good and some days we won't feel so good about our body. Mm. And that's that's actually completely normal. And I think it's a really poignant point of discussion because the body positivity movement would be like, love your body all the time. Your body's incredible. But let's be real here. And what I think you do really well is you talk about how actually in reality, there will be times where you feel not great about yourself and how you look. And mm. that's okay because you are so much more than just how you look. It's yeah. all... And we, we we had this really kind of really moving part of the seminar that I think, again, illustrated some really good points about how your body can do these incredible things. But then you might, you might look at your body and think, oh, well, but it doesn't look as good as X. And it's so important not to go, oh, well, I maybe didn't look great. Or you, because we're really good at finding the negative in anything about ourselves. But what's really important is the language in which we talk to ourselves about and how that differs for how somebody else will perceive you. Like how you perceive yourself is different to how others will perceive you. Yeah, I think it's really important to cultivate a sense of self-compassion, uh, especially as you said, when that inner critic can be super loud sometimes. And when I refer to body image, I tend to think of it like a dimmer switch because I think it's quite reassuring for others to know that, that everyone experienced negative body image days. Everyone hopefully experienced positive days, but the majority of the time it's almost indifference is what we're striving for. It's just that we recognize that it does these wonderful things. And when I talk about body functionality is, when, you know, when we focus on body functionality and body neutrality, it's really 
an understanding that the body has the capacity to do all of these wonderful things, you know, sleep, recovery, digest your food, whatever your sporting endeavours are. Um, if you're fortunate enough to be able-bodied and all the wonderful things you can do from that point of view. But talking about gratitude isn't the same as experiencing it. So often when we're in low mood and we're experiencing negative body image is that we can acknowledge that these are the, there are these things that we should be grateful for, but actually truly feeling gratitude for them is something else. And that is where I think the thought interruption comes in. It's recognizing there is a whole amount of emotionality attached to this, but actually if we can pause, objectively view things, and hopefully through, as I said, cultivating a sense of self-compassion, just go a bit easier on ourselves and recognize this is totally normal. Everyone else experiences this. If I do these other things towards how I want to feel, I can possibly enhance how I feel about myself. 100%. And I think social media and people in general are, we only show, and I'm guilty of this as well, we only show like the best sides of ourselves and we only put on our stories when we are happy about ourselves. And we're only seeing a snapshot, maybe a, a couple of minutes of somebody's life of them being positive. And it makes us think, well, they're always positive. They clearly love themselves. And I don't feel how I think they feel. Therefore, there's something wrong with me and I think that can be quite a toxic feeling and it's so important to be able to recognize that that maybe isn't necessarily true mm. and the voice that we're telling ourselves we have to understand that actually we can do great things too but what we're seeing is a false perception of what is reality and I think what's really important is being able to question yourself and understand that these things happen and it's not off or on. It's a dimmer switch and a bit and the ability to recognize what's actually going on. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. And I think that's the sinister level that social media operates on sometimes is that we have this understanding that the basis and our perspective of people is founded in falsehoods, basically. Because as you said, it's, I think some people use social media to fulfill needs it was never really designed to fulfill mm. like all the little dopamine spikes that we get from likes and comments and things like that it was never really designed for that but that tends to be how a lot of people use it so although we have an understanding that it's is not the truth we do tend to still compare ourselves to those people so as you said it's having the awareness of all these other things that are operating that contribute towards our body image and our perceptions of ourselves and much of that is stuff that isn't our fault we've been subjected to this stuff since you know a lot of the research goes back to as young as two and three we gain an understanding of how others view us whether that's commending us on our appearance and i use the reference to my daughter you know like i'll totally agree i'm hugely biased but I have to remind my mum occasionally to stop telling my daughter she's beautiful all the time because I don't want her to base her sole worth and value in this life on just her appearance. So we try to commend her on trying really hard, being kind, you know, and I always reassure her as, as, as nice it is. And we all tend to gravitate towards other people for validation sometimes. I want her to be bloody proud of herself, you know, and I think again cultivating that sense of compassion not only can you be more objective about how you're feeling and understanding they're not always facts you know we know our thoughts and feelings aren't always facts but you can self-validate within that so it's actually internalizing the wind yourself because as you said is we will have a natural inclination to be a bit almost negative bias sometimes we're very good at plucking out the negatives force pulling out things that we need to improve on but not always necessarily acknowledging the things that we're greater 
you know, and that doesn't always have to be about our bodies. Mm. No, I totally agree. And I loved your example about, you know, your daughter being, being beautiful, which of course she is beautiful, but then that's like, that's not her, it's not her character and it's not no. something that she necessarily has control over. So we're almost kind of diffusing the responsibility and I've given her a compliment, but we're actually kind of not. And we talk about like um, like the, the top 99% of people who are the best looking people in the world. Like they might not, it's not something that they've achieved. It's something that they just have. And it's like, you're so beautiful. You're perfect. It's like, yeah, well, do they feel like that? Or do they feel maybe empty inside or feel like they haven't got anything more powerful to contribute? And I think that kind of leads us into a really good question of we, when we talk about how we describe other people, what language should we be aware of when we are describing or complimenting somebody else? Because there's lots of, I guess there's lots of topics to explore and there's the whole, I mean, you can go, go into it in a little bit more detail, but an example that I use is, oh, Dan, you look great. You've, or you look great. You've lost weight. Fantastic. You look so amazing. I love the color of your eyes. It's like, well, actually, you don't have any control over your eyes, but you've just told me that I look like I've lost weight. And why is that? A compliment and what negative connotations could that be associated with saying that so what kind of language should we be aware of when we are discussing or complimenting other people's bodies mm. i think it's a really fascinating one because again there's a huge amount of inter-individuality there and i think people do often give you cues and signs as to how to communicate with them and I, one of my favorite phrases, communication always occurs on the terms of the listener. So if, for example, you have got a friend that I, you know they're consciously trying to lose weight, they're intentionally trying to lose weight and they've shared that with you, then actually that might be quite a nice thing to say. But if you haven't bumped in someone for a, a substantial amount of time, is that person maybe going through some incredible stress in their life? So it's often, I think, gauging where that person is at, not just in terms of their pursuits, but just generally where they are in their life and how again, that thought interruption in how you would like to be communicated with. So when talking about other people using certain descriptors, so when you have an awareness of the impact of these things, so for example, I have overheard other parents before talking about the fat person across the room to their children. Well, children are incredibly receptive to that sort of language and we learn that language from somewhere. So the impact to that, to that person and that child is typically they will view and base people on the shape of their bodies rather than having a curiosity about the sort of person that they are. So I think it's, I don't want to say you should never compliment anyone on their appearance because again, if they're making a conscious effort to improve that, or at least through their eyes, that might be the thing that lifts them up that day, but perhaps not gravitating to that as your first go-to, you know, or it might be a bit of clothing that you compliment first of all. Mm. Or, or something they've done rather than how they physically look. But I think just generally going out and giving unsolicited opinions on people's appearance isn't a great thing, you know, mm. unless they've asked for it. And don't get me wrong, we, we certainly, mm. we all formalise these thoughts in our head, like judgment is just a natural part of human evolution. It's just, do we need to vocalise them all the time? And what also is important is that what somebody is saying to you they might think is a is a good thing but we don't know what's kind of going on behind mm. scenes so we could think oh if i was somebody told me that i've lost weight i'd be really happy because i'm trying to lose weight therefore i'm going to use that same language and compliment or what i believe to be a compliment to somebody else but it might not come across that way 
and mm. how like, we, we we view life, life through our own lens. So I could say something to you, and actually that's a, that's a point of contention or a point of friction where you're like, oh, I can't believe that person said that. Whereas I think, yeah, I've just given Dan this great compliment, but you're like, oh man, I didn't realize that. Tim mm. thinks that I've put on some muscle. I'm not actually trying to not put on as much muscle or, or whatever it whatever it might be. So I think we've just got to be aware of the language in which we use to describe other people. And if, without, especially if we don't know what that person's, going through mm-hmm. and not to put somebody's appearance on a on a pedestal and i think we yeah. we, have, we have the tendency to do that oh my god i want to look like that person and we talk about this all mm-hmm. the time right that person looks amazing oh my god i want to be i want to look like that person and it's like well okay well do you want to have their relationship with food do you want to have their relationship with their husband or or wife do you want to work in their job like you can't just take one aspect a physical shell you can't take can't just take one aspect of someone and then want to have it because you've got to have everything. You've got to have everything that they have. They might have a really poor relationship with food where they don't eat themselves. They don't eat properly. Or when they go for a meal with their family, they're eating Tupperware, chicken and broccoli. And you've got to ask yourself, is that something that I want to do? And it might be a, no, absolutely not. Say, okay, cool. You can't say you want that thing without understanding fully everything, everything behind it. And I think we're really quick to assume that if somebody looks good, that they're happy. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're healthy. Or they're healthy. Or, and we, we know. We, we attribute health to looking a certain way, which we know the glorified and evangelized sometimes is teetering on the edge of unhealthy. As you said, unhealthy, not only just from a relationship with food, relationship with self, relationship with others point of view, but actually from a physiological level, like, you know, elite level bodybuilders bodybuilding is the only sport i know it's an acceptable norm that you get worse the close competition so although they're put on a pedestal as looking amazing in terms of like physical performance markers you look at strength you look at mood you look at hormonal function all of those things it's the only thing i can think of that life is actually a bit shitter Mm. come competition day and again it's not necessarily that people are going to be able to totally detract from how amazing they look but having an understanding of all these other things are incredibly important i think and um to your point i think that's where intent and compassion for others comes in as well so when i talk about intent it's but you know why are people speaking that way you said you know someone may be passing you a a compliment that's having compassion for that individual they don't have an awareness of these things or that it may affect you in a certain way and it's is that person receptive to maybe having a conversation about I don't want to discuss my body but at least you know inherently there isn't a malicious intent there that's very different to going out of your way and calling someone a name for example but having this uh, compassion for others and understanding that often people are doing their best even if it's their version of their best I think it's just a more it's just a happier existence is a more positive way to view people rather than this hostility in which we're, we're thinking about people going out of their way to be unkind because often it comes from a good place. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about how we have to just be a little bit more compassionate with our body. And I think we can be more compassionate when we go to exercise or do some training. Now we talked about, and we explored the idea of we often see exercise as a tool to improve our body composition. So build our strength, reduce our fat, build muscle like that that's it it's like wait that's the only reason why you exercise and we put we put so much pressure 
and we can and we have for a very long time that like women should be smaller and skinnier and men should be bigger and more muscular in the 80s and 90s and even to this day when we look at marketing tools or anything that we use it's like hey lose up to x amount of kilos of fat in this amount of time and there are all these kind of physical attributes that we believe of associated with exercise so when we come and exercise we may not fit into that mold or we might think oh i didn't work really really hard or i've eaten something that may not necessarily align with fat loss therefore i'm terrible and you made a really great point about all these other incredible reasons about why exercising and taking care of yourself is positive that has nothing to do with how you look has nothing to do with fat loss has nothing to do with how much muscle you have and i think it was such a great point because you won't always want to work out and every workout you do won't be the best and that's okay so can you just talk to me some of the reasons and examples about why exercise is great that has nothing to do with how you mm. look that we need to consider yeah. yeah i think a good place to start probably is that we understand there's this paradoxical effect when it comes to blame and shame and that if people are relying on willpower alone and the sole means and reason for exercising to change the shape of their body we can kind of gauge and understand that a long-term behavior change it just isn't going to stick around because they will reach a point either will Real willpower will run out because it is a finite resource or just the inclination to change the shape of your body won't last. So if you can see, not necessarily love the process, but see the value in the process to all of these other wonderful things like reducing cardiovascular risk, reducing the risk of developing type 2 diabetes, improving lipid profiles, uh, reducing all-round mortality, like your risk of death reduces just by being physically active, but also reducing risk of developing certain cancers untold intangible measures of men improving your mental health as well so there's been plenty of research into the rejuvenating effects to mood well-being sleep all these other aspects when we can have a better understanding of all these other facets of health that we're improving just by working out even if it's not a pb smashing groundbreaking workout it just helps us again solidify the value in the process rather than focus on the outcome which is for a lot of people, unfortunately, just changing the shape of their body. So I think when you've got all these multiple points of reference and all these other vast reasons that you're engaging in exercise, it's much easier to convince yourself of doing it even when you don't really want to do it. Because again, we know we know discipline is part of it, but often when people rely on motivation and inclination, that's just not enough. And if you're waiting for motivation, it may be like that bus that never arrives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I just think it's such an important point because I've very recently actually had conversations where maybe we've been working with somebody for a year and they lost a few kilos, gained a few kilos, lost a few kilos. And now over the course of a year, in terms of their weight, they're kind of where they were a year ago. And this person in particular said, I've not made any progress in a year. Like, what's wrong with me? And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're basing your progress on one metric of your mm -hmm. weight. But what have you learned in that year? Like, how much stronger are you? You've been consistently training and exercising for a year. Your cardiovascular health is going to be significantly improved. You feel less stressed. You feel more, you have more mental clarity. Like, you're, you can't just base your progress on how much you weigh. And you are not a body fat percentage. I think you said it great. Like you have fat, you are you have fat, you are you are not fat. Is that what is that right? You have you have fat. It doesn't make you fat. You just have it. 
And it's just... That's a funny descriptor, isn't it? Because it doesn't actually mean anything. It's, yeah. Well, what it normally is, is reflective of how we're feeling. So we're feeling a yeah. bit insecure. It might be someone's feeling a bit lonely. They're feeling a bit body conscious. Fat isn't a thing. Yeah. And we, we get people on like our, our body composition analysis machine and we try to we educate people around what it means. And most people haven't got a clue. And straight away, the first thing they'll look at is their body fat percentage. And then they'll say, is that good or is that bad? And I'll be like, well, it's not anything. Oh, but, but it, it's this. Is that, is that a bad thing or a good thing? I'm like, well, it's not either because that's you. And it's about how you feel. And one scan and one percentage actually doesn't mean anything. It's uh, how it's one metric that we use to measure a certain element of your body image and how you look, which also can be aligned with how you feel. Yeah. And it's and it's a continuum and it's a process. And if we can get you to lower body fat or we can get you to higher body fat, depending on kind of what you're trying to do at that current time. But it's so important to have that language about good or bad or you're this. It's just actually, this is just you. It's not about what's a good percentage or what's a bad percentage because when you die, which for most of us is going to be within the next 50, 60, 70 years, no one's going to be at your funeral being like, I just love Dan. Dan was amazing. I just loved that he was 11% body fat and he was 11 stone too. He's just amazing. Like no one cares. And we put so much onus on how we look and focus or we allow how much we weigh to -hmm. determine how we feel about that day. And that's a lot. It's a lot of years of programming about why that is an important factor. And what we're trying to do and what you're trying to do is understand that there's so much more you are so much more than just that and it isn't just going to happen overnight it's not going it's going to take a long time but what can we do just to kind of round up what can we start doing to separate and or understand that we are more than just a physical metric like what's the first thing that i can do right now to start that process to help me love myself a bit better and start being a bit more compassionate. Mm. I think that activity we started with is just exploring what other facets make you up as a person, but also having an understanding of what your personal values are, because that helps you better align in terms of a, a, a not just a moral compass, but a directive in which you want to live. So if you do have health aspirations of things like improving your body composition, that if it's aligned with your values, it means the behavior is going to stick around for longer. So if, for example, you value connection, you value sitting down with your family for meals, and you value family time, it may be that living out of a Tupperware box following a strict bodybuilder regime isn't going to fit longer term. Therefore, you can work out it isn't for you. So I think, again, it depends on the gravity in which this is, you know, people are experiencing this, whether it's something that frequently preoccupies their mind, whether they're constantly body checking, they're having difficulty looking in the mirror, or they're always looking in the body mirror, all of these other things. But I think a good place to start is from a body neutrality and body functionality point of view is that understanding that the body is part of you, but it's not the sole entity. And that goes back to understanding who you are, what you value as well. Um, from a body functionality point of view, it's being grateful for all of these other wonderful things that your body has the capacity to, as I said, digest your food, go, you know, run a 3K without stopping, go outside for a nice walk, being able to stretch, all of these other wonderful things. And just being able to objectively look at that and understanding where some of this 
programming comes from, I think, from a societal level. I often refer to what I call the web of influence. When we have an awareness of what the web of influence is, we also have an awareness that we feed into the web of influence of others, which is normally made up of your peers, your parents, and the media. So when you have an understanding of how you talk about your body feeds into other people's perspectives about how they talk and think about their bodies as well, it it helps you offer a little bit more self-compassion, I think. So you're a little bit kinder to yourself because you know that potentially falls onto the ears of others. If you're someone that is experienced negative bodies, things like reducing visual-based media, that in, you know, I know I reference isn't always a, a popular subject, but things like porn, you know, that's men and women, that has a huge impact on how we view the world, how we view connection with others. Um, it's having... Again, the objectivity to hold brands accountable as well. So if you're an advocate of following a certain brand or buying their clothing, that there's there's good representation out there that you see yourself reflected in society or you see yourself reflected in the people that you're following on Instagram. Is it always the glorified and evangelized perfect bodies or are you seeing realistic bodies? I think that's a good place to start. But this all begins with a sense of self-awareness again so just referring back to the first point is having an understanding of what you value what you hold dear and all the other facets that makes you up as a person and understanding that any kind of health-seeking behavior that you're engaging in has to bear that at the base of it that's the foundation of it especially if you want that behavior change to stick around yeah i love that and that's a really nice point to finish on and Dan, thank you so much for your time over the weekend. It was absolutely amazing. Being part of that seminar was, it was truly moving. And the feedback that we've had, I said this to you off air, has been absolutely amazing. You probably oh, you're, had, you're, you've you got put, a wonderful tribe there. You've, you know, that community you have, and you need to take some credit for that as well, sir. But it's such a nice group of people because it takes a lot to be that vulnerable, that honest. Because there are lots of personal accounts there that just made it, I think, regardless of what I spoke about, that's what made it for me mm. is I do those things not just to be able to deliver. Because I said to the people when I got there, it's not about me talking at you. Um, what makes it is the shared experiences. 100%. And I, I've had quite a few people who reached out to me and said, I didn't share X thing, but this has made me think about one two three and we've had multiple people who've done that and to have that impact on people is is amazing and some of them might not want to have spoken out but they may have spoken to themselves internally and had some epiphanies of how they can talk about themselves and love themselves a bit more and understand how amazing their body is so dan truly thank you so much um i was going to ask you the final question of what one thing would this is stolen from another podcast what one thing would you like everybody to do right now to help improve their body image but you've kind of already mentioned it before but if you've got like one thing that you would like people to start doing to help improve their body image what would that one thing be pay someone a compliment today that has nothing to do with the shape of their body love that love that very powerful very powerful give somebody a compliment today that has nothing to do with how they look Brilliant. Dan, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, of course, we'll, we'll keep in touch and uh, yeah, hopefully I'll see you again soon.